Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host, the one, last time I checked, the only Tim Wilkins that does this side of work. Ladies and gentlemen, today's topic I want to talk to you all about is actually a genuine topic that I it's close to my heart. It has actually been about almost two years since I actually spoke in politics on this podcast. Not for my own choices, not for my own reasons, but politics is always cheer, true and dear to my heart. And honestly, I think it is to most Americans that live on a day-to-day basis. Politics of some way, shape, or form affect us in one way, shape, or another. But today's topic around the political world is about, they would call it a raid, they can call it an invasion, they can call it the search warrant of the decade of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago mansion. I want to talk about that as well as his chances for 2024. I think it genuinely needs to be discussed in a broad spectrum. Everyone in this country falls on two plateaus, as they call it in the political world. You're either a Republican or a conservative or a liberal or a Democrat. Very, And then there's a bunch of independents in the middle, right? That's how the political world works in the United States of America. There's the two extremes, and then there's a bunch of everybody else in the middle. And the reason why there's a bunch of everybody else in the middle is because they go on one way, shape, or another on one issue, but they go on a different as another. And I'll explain I'll explain this in the most common way possible. For a lot of us, we're in school, you know, we live with mommy and daddy. And, you know, we're not really mooching off our mom and dad. But we you know, we live at home. You know, for college or we stay at, you know, a dorm and we go experience that. Some of y'all may or may not have, you know, experienced, you know, the common sense and decency that goes with, you know, the, the fruit of the labor. Then as you get older, when you go into the workforce, you experience the hardships of paying rent, paying your bills on a monthly basis. So then you kind of fall in suit with the conservative party because who the heck wants to get taxed a million dollars a year? Or, hell, I want to be self-employed, but I want to pay the least amount of money in taxes. Obviously, throughout your life, you'll get educated. I'm not here to discredit anyone's education. Hell, I've gone to the great city and state. I was born and raised in Connecticut. I went to the great university of Central Connecticut State University. That's where I went to school, home of the Blue Devils. We got almost always the 16th seed in college basketball, but that's as far as we're good for it. Hopefully everyone's doing well there in the 203. But back to what the topic at hand is. Donald Trump did what he did on the January 6th. He didn't do much. You know what he did? He made a speech telling his people that are supporters, by the way, 80 million people supported this man for president of the United States, not once, but twice. Okay? There's many, many Americans across this great country that support this man, I included. I voted for him twice, I'll vote for him again. His policies work for the American people. His economic policies, 
I'm not talking about Reagan economics here. I'm talking about low taxation and energy independence. Those two fundamentals is what will keep us driving into the 22nd century. If we don't get it done now, we're going to be paying the consequences for generations to come. Unfortunately, we already have that now because of Joe Biden's policies. Okay, so back to Mar-a-Lago. Actually, I'll take that back. Back to January 6th. My view on January 6th is pretty simple. If you want to know how I feel about it, it's clear as day for me as a Trump supporter. Do I believe that he lost that election? Sure. I can understand that argument. Did the Democrats steal it? Not really. They just enacted on upon things that were actually a part of their agenda for over two or three decades about changing voter laws in states. Unfortunately, the Trump campaign or and the RNC lost huge focus on the uh, the core core result that objective that they wanted, which was to win re-election. And by the time that they got lawyers on the ground in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, it was too late. The RNC dropped the ball heavily in the pursuit of re-election of the 2020 campaign. Trump was Trump. Man, it was still drawing crowds during the COVID era, but he didn't have any help from his campaign, bar nonetheless. Brad Parscale. His inner circle was not the same inner circle that was a part of the campaign in 2016. So obviously you see that. Which, by the way, the second, the re-election campaign is always the most difficult for the White House because a lot of the guys, and if you understand politics, a lot of the people that come for the 2016 election or the twenty or the, the camp the first campaign for the White House and they win go into the White House and work in the White House. The White House and the campaign work separately. There's not too much rollover. Obviously there is with Secret Service, there is with Advance, but there's a lot of not too much overlap. So a lot of the same players weren't playing the same game in twenty twenty, which definitely hurt the President of the United States. Obviously, the President of the United States had to overcome some things. There's no doubt about that. Okay, we can talk about the pandemic, and I have it on other podcasts, but I will talk about the the news stories that have come out in the last week or so, including today, where the CDC is in a congressional hearing saying that we didn't do a good job. So, but continuing on with this, do I believe the election was stolen in 2020? No. Ultimately, I believe that it was the fault of Trump and the RNC that the reason why we lost the election. We have the better policies. We have a candidate who, in my opinion, we don't always like his personality. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you vote for a politician based on their personality, you really don't understand politics. Because a politician is going to lie to your face every chance he gets to get an election, to win an election. Trump wasn't that way. He pretty much got... Most of the results that he wanted to accomplish got accomplished. And actually, we saw that firsthand with the overturning of Roe versus Wade back to the states, which is going to be another podcast that I'll talk about uh, in future time because it's a it's a polarizing topic for a lot of people. And, and I think 
if you get down to the weeds of that case and how that case came about and how it wasn't just an abortion rights issue. It's a state's rights issue, which is Roe versus Wade to begin with. And that's another topic for as well. But back to where we are now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time we read about the warrant being served on Mar-a-Lago was Monday night, and that was on Trump Social, Trump, uh, or Truth Social, which is Trump's social media page. Excuse my language on that. I almost flip-flopped around. Not as bad as John Kerry, but I'll be, I digress. Uh, and Trump talked about it. Little did we know, as Americans, that he was served a, a grand jury subpoena for, for documents with, under the National Archives under the Presidential Records Act. Which, by the way, uh, I don't think this has been discussed in the media, but it needs to be discussed. Every time an administration comes and goes out of the White House, there's a GA, or they call it the administration. There's just a lot of people packing up, and it's kind of in a whirlwind. Things get passed around. Things get dropped off in miscellaneous places by mistake. There's a lot of moving parts. Not all of it's intentional. And I want people to understand that, that some things happen, right? So you work it out with lawyers, which happened with the Clinton campaign, with the Clinton office when Bill Clinton was in office. It happened with George W. Bush when he was in office. It happened with Huber Walker Bush when he was in office. It's happened with every president that has served this great nation for over 40 years. It happens. It's, not, it's, a large, it's the art of lawyers that work through these things, and that's why you pay them. So... Obviously, why, oh, why are they serving a warrant on the Mar-a-Lago address? There's a news report that came out in this, obviously, in this debacle of stupidity that the Trump camp, the Trump camp was working with the, the, the feds, and they were trying to keep these documents under wraps and under key, which they were, and they still came under, which, by the way, Trump wasn't even there. At least know the man's schedule before you serve a search warrant on his property, and you want to get a nice news article out of it. If Trump was there in Mar-a-Lago, you bet your ass it would have been on the 6 o'clock news. But he wasn't. He was in Bedminster after spending some time at Trump Tower and his, his residence in New York City. So that being said, there's obviously a little bit of gray area and a little bit of questions about this search warrant. Obviously, the reason why I waited to even talk about this on a podcast was because I wanted to wait to see what will actually transpire in the days that followed. Okay, in the days that followed, Merrick Garland, who is a <laughs> he's an official of the federal government, uh, he's the Attorney General of the United States, and he is a he was a Supreme Court nominee that never got a hearing. So let's talk about that. He themselves, you know, the White House came out very quickly and said that we know nothing about this. We don't know anything about it, yada, yada. Very, very lying, my lying eyes kind of argument here. It's definitely the White House knew about it. You can't tell me they didn't get the heads up. Merrick Garland came out in a press conference two days after the search warrant was obviously committed or dedicated to do and said, I guess I indeed signed off on it. So that being said, what makes me kind of, what the heck, 
and it really is worth of what the heck, is why exactly, uh, what was the premise for the search warrant? If these documents that are being sought after are so much hot commodity to the federal government, then why weren't they seized in early June when the original grand jury was, you know, there and with the lawyers and the feds were sitting there talking? So that being said, I just think that we're going to see here in the coming days that the federal government kind of oversees, over-welcomed their boundaries here to get a search warrant, which basically what they're doing was, I'm going to search and look for this, but if I find anything in plain sight, which is a plain sight doctrine, if you understand criminology and criminal justice, it falls in the scope of a search warrant. It's like, uh, I'll give an example. If your house... If police officers conduct a search warrant on your house and they're looking for a gun, let's say, right, or property of some way, but they find some other illegal property in that said search that's in plain sight, that said contraband is still being able to use in court. It's a plain sight doc. There's your, uh, thank you, uh, Judge John Cochran, for that one. I appreciate that. That's a, uh, a lot of learning lesson of my four years degree. Uh, what I want to talk about, though, really at the core of this podcast and the discussion that I want to make is what are his chances for 2024? And that being said, I think it's genuinely different than 2016. What we're seeing now from President Donald Trump, or the former president, excuse me, is something that we have never seen in our lifetime. Obviously, you saw 80 million people from all walks of life vote for him. Hispanics, blacks, Asians, whites, educated, non-educated, all vote for this man on all walks of life. During the 2020 election, that also happened as well, but it also, they lost suburban white women, apparently. But a lot of it was because of personality, which we're seeing at firsthand now with Joe Biden policies that have affected the suburbans, the cityites, the all walks of life be affected by this because of inflation by based on their monetary policy. So what I'm getting at is if 2024 is going to be effective for the conservative party and the Republican Party is that we as conservatives and we as Republicans have to adopt certain ideologies. It's okay to have liberal friends, by the way. Okay, There's people that I have great friendships with that are liberals. They're hard and few and far between. But it happens. You, do find, you beat those. But the argument that they always tell me is he's just too brash. He's like a bull in a chat shop. And if that's in case true... Sometimes you need that bull in a china shop in Washington, D.C. to get things accomplished that you want to get done for the American people. We've seen what the passive aggressiveness does in the Washington, D.C. for far too long. We've seen what terrible monetary and economic and energy policy has done to the American people. So, why not Trump another opportunity? Well, they're trying to use him up with all this January 6th nonsense. 
So by the time he runs in the primary against Ron DeSantis, if Don DeSantis does win, go ahead and run. Or Liz Cheney, if she runs, which if she does run, she can't even pull 55,000 votes out of Wyoming. Thinks it's going to be a good idea. That being said, it's Trump's party. We're seeing it firsthand. Out of the 10 people that voted to convict, or actually in the House, the 10 Republicans that actually voted to impeach Donald Trump, out of the 10, there's only two left. One out of California, one out of Washington. The other eight have fallen. Trump also, during this raid, search warrant debacle over raised more money for his part for his campaign or his potential campaign for the presidency of the United States in 24 hours. Believe me, the United States and the Democratic Party do not want to see a pissed off Donald Trump run campaign. The pissed off Donald Trump that I know, he's a vigorous, vigorous man that will do what he wants and he'll say what he wants. But I also believe that the American people, and this is my outreach to, to people around the country that are Republican and do our supporters of Donald Trump, is we as conservatives have to see something different from him. Is it policy? Is it demeanor? Is it different this time? We know what we, it's like we know what we're going to get because we know you. We've seen you around the first time. And Unless he answers that beck and call, unless the campaign calls that into focus, draws that into focus, excuse me, the campaign is doomed to fail. Donald Trump has, listen, you can sit there and say Biden's policies suck all you want. You can, we already know your, your solutions to those problems because your policies have worked. It's how are you going to govern differently this go around that you did not do the last go around. And that's really the question that we as conservatives and Republicans face going into this election cycle in 24. 22, the midterm election cycle, we just have to destroy the Democrats at all possible opportunity. Vote early and often, as they say. We got to do it. We got to win. We got to win bigly, as the man in, man in the White House used to say. We have to do something that's never been done before. We have to have so much of a majority in the House and the Senate, which the Senate's still going to be up for grabs. So here's the di here's the problem. In 22, we can win the House but lose the Senate and still be a divided government and still be a stalemate, which we are now. So if we win back the House and the Senate, we stop everything going on with Biden. Biden becomes a lame duck. Do you think Joe Biden's going to be a president of the United States, running for president of the United States in 24? I don't think so. I think after 22, he'll announce that he's not running for another term. And I think that the Democratic Party got in front of themselves by sticking some of their progressives out there and, and started talking about it. And they shouldn't really do that because it's not good for the country. Uh, it's not good for public policy. It's not good for... Security. So I think overall, I think we'll see an announcement for the Biden White House here that he probably will not seek a second term uh, due to his health. And so then that will be a kind of a lame duck scenario. But I'll see him announcing that until probably, I would say, early 
early January 23. President Trump, I see him announcing a day after Election Day. Or around Christmas time, because President Trump's always a big believer in saying Merry Christmas. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the another edition of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to like, subscribe, download. We're obviously doing podcasts about all topics, and this being one being politics. We're going to be talking about wrestling reviews, obviously, in, in, in other editions of the podcast, as well as NFL football season around the corner. And, uh, you know, I think a lot is going on in this country. I think we have a lot to talk about. And I, I like to have a genuine conversation with all my listeners about topics of, of the day. So feel free to uh, follow me on uh, Twitter as well, at YankeeCowboy27. I look forward to hearing from you. This is uh, Tim Wilkins signing off. Have a great evening. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.